Okay, I'm gonna start. We are recording now. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. <laughs> and now, um, time to crack the soup. I almost grabbed some, because I just got back from a bike ride and I like to have a yogurt as, as my little post-workout treat. Ooh. And I was like, should I, should I eat that? Is that okay to eat on the end of it? And I was like, no, a yogurt is like, it's worse than soup. Cause it's like goopy soup. It's goop. Ooh. It's goopy so I'd be soup. Like, I, I've, I've gone to many a grocery store uh, confused as to where they keep things. I'm like, where yeah. do you all keep your goopy soup? <laughs> you mean yogurt? Exactly. <laughs> I want a soup that's almost the consistency of a dip. Yeah. You got that? Yeah. That's yeah, right over here. Yogurt. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know it was called that. <laughs> I just listened to an audiobook called uh, it was The Thief by Megan. Oh, I forgot her last name, but first book of a series and the guy reading it the way he pronounced the word yogurt i can't i can't even do it justice it was some because he wasn't he didn't have a german accent but he said the word yogurt 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 and he said it multiple times because they were like always eating yogurt in this book (laughs) i love it when like someone is just speaking and you know you're on they've got like one rhythm yeah how they speak and then they throw in one word you're like, whoa, where did that come from? That like yeah. weird pronunciation choice. I love it. <laughs> we would, uh, when I, when I worked at AFE, sorry for um, getting into anecdote territory, but, uh, when I worked at AFE and we had to call submitters, we would sometimes get so bored that we would like, okay, I'm going to call this submitter about a, a video of her daughter saying goodbye to their pet fish. I'm going to say, and we would like put her up to bets. We would be like, like, okay, you have to, every time you say the word fish, you have to say fitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like I had a, a handstand clip and they're like, every time you say the word handstand, you have to say stand hands. And I said it five times in the call to the point where the woman, I was like, oh, we just wanted to know if you had more footage of the, of the stand hands. And like, eventually her mom was like, um, well, we could, we could maybe film some more the next time she does a handstand. Like she was almost going to do it. She's like, clearly I'm talking to a crazy person, but I don't want them to think they're crazy because of me. Thanks. That is so, it's so good. It's yeah, so no, like, you almost got a person to second guess their yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> like, have I been saying handstands wrong? Yeah. I like the idea. They got off the phone and went to like their wife or husband. Like, I think so- <laughs> something weird's going on. I don't know. <laughs> handstands, that's it, right? Handstands. <laughs> handstands. handstands. I got I to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go take a walk. I got to go to the 7-Eleven. I got to go think about something. I don't goes, know if I want to be married anymore. You go to the 7-Eleven, it turns out it's 11-7 and it has been this entire time. <laughs> no! There's a whole Twilight Zone episode here waiting to be written. Just minor differences. Nothing yeah. big, but minor enough differences. It's like breaking into somebody's house, but all you do is kind of move their furniture around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If that happened to me, I would truly just be like, oh, well, clearly I made it this way and I've just never noticed. Yeah, I would, I would, I would accept it. Just be like, the same don't, thing don't, if, don't think too deeply on that. If I had a ghost, I would, I told this to my therapist. She thought it was hilarious, but I was like, if I had a ghost, I truly would have no idea because I would just assume like, oh, I left the refrigerator door open or like I creaked that window yeah. open <laughs> last night. I don't know. I put all that corned beef on the floor in the shape of a pentagram. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I be like that sometimes. I, I, I ritually sacrificed my roommate. It was me. <laughs> uh, 
Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh, I'm Patrick Remion. Welcome to The Academy. Is that... Is that Arsenio Hall who's ooh, sitting next ooh, to us ooh, on this flight? Oh, wow. No, no, no. It's the guest from our very, very first episode. The wonderfully funny and talented Lauren Scharf back in the house. Lauren, it's been a long time. Hello. I'm excited to be back in the physical house as we are definitely <laughs> Video, well, right, videoing this. Uh, we, we recording this. We person. haven't started a Patreon feed yet, but Patrick and I did talk a real estate agent into selling us an academy academy house oh, yeah amazing. we have a we're deathly engine. in debt it's really bad I, mean, yeah. I it's, love it's, it it's, no. it's it's really on the verge but we do have a pool you Ooh. gotta spend money to make podcast money <laughs> we and uh we have uh adam Moscatel, our former guest has moved in as our pool boy you know bad boy of, the bad boy of the podcast he's here too i mean yeah. everybody's here he everyone is. every guest we have ever had <laughs> is living in this house right now Oh, like, and even, like, all the bit characters from our past. There's Toomgis. <laughs> we haven't seen him in, like, Two 50 years. episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Laura. It's great to have you on great for a, um, a double feature no one has ever done in their entire lives. Yeah, an insane double feature. <laughs> can I just, can I say this? Uh, because, so Patrick had to deliver the Blu-ray of um jungle fever to my apartment and he was like ah yeah i don't get it i don't know why it's not streaming anywhere and then as soon as i watched it i was like i know why this isn't streaming anywhere (laughs) the disclaimers that they would have to put on that (laughs) there's a lot going on in that different different time for spike lee different time time. uh (laughs) thrilling time boy uh, you know coming off of some big hits and he had the opportunity they gave him all the money to do whatever he felt like and make a movie as long as he felt like and would cover every single theme that has ever crossed his mind. It's all there in Jungle Fever. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tapestry. It's like, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's and a on lot. The flip side of that is the 84-minute Passenger 57. I clocked Ooh. it. He's on the plane at like the 24-minute mark. So it's an hour of him on this plane beating up terrorists, and then we're out. And Amazing. boy, bravo. Bravo, yeah. Wesley. We want no, more movies like no. this. Yeah, no. Like, boy, Kevin Hooks, you've delivered us a hit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But before we get in, of course, we're doing Jungle Fever and Passenger 57 this week. The final two movies to decide the final four of our Wesley mm-hmm. Snipes tournament. Wow. You know, and we got some, I mean, think about the ones that are already in. Ooh, We've big got names. big, huge names. White Men Can't Jump. Two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. New Jack City. And what's going to join them in that esteemed Final Four? I don't know. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into it. But first, Lauren, we got to know. Everybody's everybody's asking. Everybody's wondering. Mm -hmm. What is your Snipes saga? Background with Snipes. People are coming up to me on the street. They're like, what does Lauren think of Snipes? She was your first guest. She didn't even got a chance to talk about Al Pacino. <laughs> I know. I never had a chance. I, If I'm being completely honest, I would need to look at an IMDb breakdown of his filmography to pinpoint which uh, other films of his I've seen. I haven't seen Blade. That's him, right? Yes, yes. he is Blade. <laughs> I have not seen that. I, I, I it's you know what i have a computer right here why don't i just do it you could be a, a snipes newbie 
I'd actually I could be, be I could be a yeah. snipes newbie. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh did you see uh coming to the most recent coming to America? Or Dolomite is my name. Oh wait, uh well I know I didn't see the most recent one. Um I did see the older one that nah, was in that one, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. What has Lauren seen? Not that, not that. Well, Lauren looks up. Patrick, are you concerned about the White Man Can't Jump remake? I'm pretty damn concerned. Oh, no. Is there something? Was there, What's the news? Give me the, <sighs> dark, the darkness. It, well, it sounds like they're, they've changed Sidney Dean's name. For one, he's not the guy who's is not Sidney Dean, the guy who's playing the facsimile of oh. Sidney Dean. He's got a father who's got like MS that he's dealing with. And it's just like it sounds like it's all a bunch of grief and trauma and trying to make these characters anything but fun basketballs. Just be goofy weirdo. They should, be fun guys. Yeah, it, should just, it should just be those same two people still doing their weird oh, goofy what a great trips. movie that would be if it's these two 60 year old men still trying to be basketball hustlers <laughs> i think snipes has it in him i think he could do oh, it oh well i think that they'd both be very inspired they both be like i cannot be the old man out here i gotta show mm. my game i think they'd both be very and bring back rosie perez because she's wonderful and she's yeah. like maybe she won as many jeopardies as ken jennings she is now yeah she is now the new host of jeopardy there you go Done. oh man hollywood okay I have not seen a single Wesley Snipes oh, movie before until... this podcast. Wow. I, I saw there's an episode of What We Do in the Shadows that he was on that, where true. he played Blade. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, two seconds. Um, and he was in the music video for Michael Jackson's Bad. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Hey. Wow. Yeah. But, and uh, that is all the extent, she wrote. The extent, well, I, Okay, so you're just coming into this thing. I mean, you're getting some prime cut young snipes with these two as well. So I really am. I'm excited here because we all came in with our preconceived notions of the Simon Phoenixes of the world and so forth. And now we have no preconceived notions on yes. this episode. You know, Lawrence just introduced to a cool guy, or maybe not. I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe in some of these episodes. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Movies, maybe one not. of these one of these movies, I would argue, he's cool. Maybe one the, of them, yeah. not as cool. Almost as if yeah. he's the coolest guy in that universe of that movie. Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. the coolest guy in the history of the world. But the other one, everyone will watch that and be like, oh, no one wants to, you know, save a flight full of passengers. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like, yeah, yeah we really want to do um, that. Everyone wants to, you know, bang the, the Italian from the, the, the Are you trying Florida. to say Flipper Still Purify up. wouldn't be a hero on on the flight? <laughs> I I wonder what 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 we would what films we would get had we switched these two Wesley Snipes. Well, characters. let's um let's um let's Launch pocket this. It. We can think about this for a yeah. second. But what character from Jungle Fever? is most likely to actually try and stop the terrorists if they were on the passenger 57 flight. Uh, easily Angie's dad. <laughs> he died. You shot right in the head. Like a second. See, I was, was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same thing with a Anthony Quinn. Like, yeah. John oh Turturro's dad. Her stupid brothers. <laughs> They would all fall out of the plane somehow. They would all <laughs> those fucking Huey, Dewey, and Louie motherfuckers. They would just <laughs> and, uh, Tim Robbins and Brad Dourif would immediately give up everything possible. They'd be like, "Yeah, take our money, take it all. We don't yeah. need it." Yeah, 
And An- Annabella Shiora would just roll her eyes at all of them. And then Ossie Davis would shoot Rain. Yeah, maybe Ossie Davis is the only one. Probably Ossie Davis. Yeah. 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 Sam Jackson would somehow end up on the terrorist team. <laughs> Rain likes his style. He's a cool, he likes his yeah. dances. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. I am so fond of your little dances. I, uh, we're not talking Passenger 57 yet. I was in love with Bruce Payne as Charles Rain this time around. What a great villain. I, I was thrilled by him the yes. entire way through. Yeah. He was doing everything you want from a 90s action movie villain. Just mustache twirling bad guy. It was great. You know what? It's kind of like uh, the, you know how like Randall, or not Randall, Randall's is a Houston chain, but like Safeway or like Ralph's, they have their own version of Coke. You, you know, they have like the Safeway brand Coke. They're yeah. kind of like, they're kind of like the, he's kind of like the Kroger brand version of, uh, of, uh, Hans Alan Rickman and Die, oh. yeah, Hans yeah. Gruber exactly in yeah. Die Hard, and oh, it's yeah. like you know what I'm here for. I love sometimes I like that. Sometimes that Safeway brand goes down smoother, baby. I, I was care. thinking, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking he's like the Wish version of Hans Gruber with the same haircut as Buffalo Bill. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Definitely. You know who would have been like bigger star alt castings for Rain would either be Rutger Hauer would be a fun casting Ooh, for Charles is- Rain, and then of course Gary Busey. Gary Busey, oh, yeah, yeah, true, Gary one, truly yeah, wonderful Busey. wild card choice there. But we already have that movie. It's Drop, Drop Zone. Zone, a favorite Ooh. of ours. Yes. Yeah. All right, 1990. But we're cutting back all the way to 1991 mm-hmm. with Jungle Fever, written, directed, and produced by Spike Lee. As we saw from one of the cool street signs in that 48 minute long opening credits, <laughs> which sequence. I which I mentioned before, are at the Academy Museum right now in Los Angeles. Wow! Friends. And I was excited to see them when I went. Ooh, I would I'm actually. Going, go- I'll, I'll be there again like, in the next couple of weeks. I'm going a second time to the Academy Museum. I found it such an, a thrilling affair. Nice. <laughs> um, I gotta check this place out. I got it. My folks are coming in on the 12th. Oh, I might take there. It. That's a um. Line it up, Patrick. That's a perfect activity for the folks. Oh man, take a picture with Shrek. He's there, right? <laughs> Wasn't he there? Isn't there like a giant? That's, that's your initial. That's like your. Oh no! Idea. Of course, that would be. <laughs> yeah, the... I mean, it's, a, it's a. It's about movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it about my boy Shrek? Right next to Citizen Kane exhibit is the Shrek exhibit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, cinematography by the great God, Ernest, Orson Welles. Ernest Dickerson. Uh, Got to give him a shout out. Uh, soundtrack, banger of a soundtrack, score by Terrence Blanchard, songs by Stevie Wonder. Yes. Um, we mentioned it before. Absolutely monstrous cast of people. Just a huge yeah. amount of dudes and dames that to get into. Uh, we got Wesley Snipes, Annabella Skihora, Spike Lee, of course, mm-hmm. Ossie Davis, Ruby D, Samuel L. Jackson, Lynette McKee, John Turturro, Frank Vincent, Anthony Quinn, Halle Berry, Michael Imperioli, Nicholas Turturro, Michael Badalucci, Debbie Mazar, God. Miguel Sandoval, Tim Robbins, Brad Durf, <laughs> uh, show favorite Teresa Randall, Queen Latifah, Charlie Murphy, and Giancarlo Esposito, all factor into jungle fever budgeted at 14 million dollars this movie made 43.9 million dollars at the 1991 box office the film has on rotten tomatoes a 78 percent what roger ebert gave it three out three and a half out of four, uh, four stars and he contains two sequences the girl talk and the crack house talk you know of amazing power it contains humor and insight and canny psychology, strong performances, and fearless discussion of things both race, 
both races would rather not face. Uh, Samuel Jackson, of course, won Best Supporting Actor at the Cannes Film Festival uh, that year. And uh, when he won his um, honorary Oscar this past year, was speaking out about how much bullshit it was that he wasn't nominated and didn't win for this movie in 1991 earlier he should have a in competition academy award i don't know if it's for this movie i do think he's great in this movie but i don't know if it's for this movie yep that is mind-blowing um this is a wild movie this was spikes so i think we mentioned it before this was his um direct follow-up to mo better blues and do the right thing he's Mm -hmm. riding for uh, and this was the movie he did right before Malcolm X so he's at kind of a early career peak and high and especially both as um not only as a film a wonderful filmmaker but as kind of a famous person just in general he was kind of a lightning rod and he was doing the Michael Jordan Nike ads somewhere time period and you know at courtside at all the Knicks games and so forth Mm -hmm. um and putting himself front and center as an actor in all of his movies. Uh, one thing we did talk about before, Patrick, that we liked was um, he never makes himself look all that good. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> comes know, off as a tool in this movie yeah. a little bit. Oh, I, wait, did we he's, watch the same movie? Because I feel like he was the only redeeming character. He's a narc. <laughs> he's a narc, but like, there's, I'm sorry. Okay, so I don't know right, if we get, get into, into it, the Lauren. summary of it. So you, uh, yeah, this you, guy, yeah, we've talked he about is this movie before. happily married to his wife happily banging her in the morning making happy noises that make his daughter happy to hear for some perverted that is reason. evil Thrilled. Thrilled. Yeah. And, then, and then he w- has three dinners with this other woman who at first he didn't like specifically because she was not black and and that's enough for him to so I, and there, there also it could have been a montage there's a suggestion of a passage of time more than three dinners but i am No, it is crazy. No, his character has no good reason for like. There's no. They don't establish any sort of reason for his yeah at all. Oh, a hundred percent. If he was unhappy in his marriage, I could see see something there. But this his his motivation seemed to only be, huh? I've never cheated on my wife before, (laughs) so maybe I should try it. (laughs) Me think that's his motivation. That is the inciting incident i should try cheating on my wife because i've never done it before and he even says it later to to uh to what wait spike lee's character i forget his name but cyrus was his cyrus yeah he even says it to him like oh i've never done it before yeah so you've done it now it's bad no it's definitely bad it's bad and if i was if i was uh cyrus i would immediately narc too i'm sorry i'm sorry his wife does react in character appropriately yeah. to the news, though. Yeah. That he, oh, he, yeah. We have seen many a movie on the Academy Academy with a forgiving wife character. Oh, God. And um, yeah. yeah, she reacts appropriately. Yeah. And, and I do think the point he does bring up where he is like, dude, like you brought this on. Like he did bring it on himself. Yeah. He, like, like, I didn't make you cheat on your wife. <laughs> The worst, though, because, yeah, she she reacted appropriately. Oh, he for comes sure. Home and he comes home, you know, a couple days after having spilled the beans to someone, to anyone that he's been having this affair and also dining out at a restaurant where you never if you're at a restaurant in Harlem, you never know how many of your friends are going to see you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he, he comes home, sees his wife throwing all of his stuff out the window. And his first thing is, what did I do? I know what you did. But the issue is, is that it's not like he has like a conclusion of the movie that's like, okay, all's well. Yeah, for no. Wesley, like it isn't well. Obviously, the final moment of the movie, the incredible, no, no! <gasps> um, uh, I have to rewind that to be like, did I see did what I happen? just, what yeah. I think I just saw? Uh, it phenomenal. is phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, okay, this movie, a lot of problems, definitely, in, in like, but I do think like, it's a bummer. Like, there's parts of like, I wish like. This was like two movies where there was like one movie focusing on Samuel Jackson, like the relationship between because that's the compelling oh, yeah. through line of the movie. Like the movie's called mm-hmm. Jungle Fever, but like clearly Spike Lee is more interested in like that whole arc. The fact that like his character kind of like is in just his own bubble and like has his own complete arc. Well, and then the fact that like John Turturro gets a complete character arc. That is yeah. also crazy. And Which I like cool. yeah, yeah, they're both those parts of the movie are so much more. It's so funny how like those parts of the movie are infinitely more compelling than Wesley Snipes' whole trajectory yeah. in this oh, film. Um, could not agree more. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think what we've learned on the show, and I mean, Lauren, you've only got a brief taste of Snipes' lore. Sure, yeah, but sure. um, what I, Snipes is at his best when he's allowed to have fun. Yeah. And like do spin kicks and have cool fun lines and like do jokes yeah. and like shoot the shoot the breeze with his friends on screen and stuff like that and when he has to play a little more um like a serious guy or like a troubled guy it gets a little he he, he kind of can't find a way to get his charisma to shine through when he's doing that and so thus a movie like this when he has to play kind of for like a turn straight man guys like sam jackson can come in and like knock it out of the park behind his back because Sam Jackson gets to have all the fun and do all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's one of those things where if this were, if, if this were made today, which it wouldn't be, but if it were, yeah. Sam Jackson's arc would have been for the sole purpose of just making him seem like clearly the better brother. Like it's okay for him to fuck up because he, he, he'll never be as big of a fuck up as his brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but, but here we get a whole bunch of stuff with Sam Jackson and and his crack den and his crack hoe and all that jazz. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, it's, I, I his love, dances. The dances. I love how cool. sprawling it is. I mean, obviously it's like so unwieldy, but at the same time, it's like it is Spike Lee just saying, like, here it is. Everything. Let's yeah. let's piece it back together however we can. It's like it's not neat at all. Which is kind of fun because okay, again, like you were saying, Lawrence, like they don't make thematically movies like this, but they also don't make movies this um, unwieldy uh, yeah. really anymore. At this, at least at that cost over fifteen million dollars. Nope. To produce, yeah, yeah. It, everything was very on the nose. Uh, the di- in both of these films, all the dialogue was very like, mm. oh you couldn't think of a better line there so you just insulted his manhood by suggesting he can't satisfy a woman great (laughs) but it's like it's it's very interesting because you think it starts off with snipes and kind of his world and stuff like that but then the second like annabelle scores arrives we go in and we get to see all of her world too Mm. and like all of her sets of friends they what john Turturro's 
just like dripping with cruelty um, cafe that he works at or whatever. Nightmare, <laughs> hell world. Hellscape of a cafe. That, <laughs> that, is, that, that is like the worst version of no exit is being stuck in that cafe forever. I know, the second he tries to leave the cafe, he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> that whole sequence is crazy. But you're happy for him that he makes it to the date. You are yeah, happy yeah. for John. Oh, yeah. It's a sweet yeah. nature. He's like trying his best <laughs> to like, you know, I feel like do he a little that. bit better than working at this like hellscape of a cafe. I do feel like they put John Turturro in this movie solely because like every Italian, with the exception of like him and Annabella Sciora, like they're all like perceived per- portrayed as like irredeemable ghouls. Like well, also because like in, do, in, is- do, in do the right thing, John Turturro is the like. Oh, the ghoul, yeah. The ghoul in that. Yeah. It, he is the Italian ghoul in that movie. So. He's really good in that, man. That movie. He's a, well, he's he can, a, he's he's a so terrific actor. good at playing any side of the of the dark side or light side. Like, he's he's great as a villain, and he's great as a person you feel for, and he's great as Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he's so good. Like, he's like him and, like, Tucci. Argue. They got the, like, Tucci can play, like, a totally evil jerk, and he can also play the most loving character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a sign of a tremendous actor. Yeah. The best, the best, uh, the best folks. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought like I do think Snipes and Annabella Skewer had a nice like give and take chemistry together. Yeah. I mean, you know, he said he he was such a hunk. Then whenever he gets paired with another hunk, he he impossible really, he really not does. to um, say no. They look good together. <laughs> you know? They look good together. He looked good. Their their chemistry, like I've had, I've definitely had that level of chemistry with with people that I've worked with, but because because it's thirty years later, you don't pursue it, and you especially don't pursue it with little to no reason. Yeah. Unless it's a Christmas party. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I do like. I think like. Yeah, there's like this movie. Like I, I texted Don and I kind of like compared this movie to like a like a fancy chef like going all out with like 32 plates of like you know tiny little tasting meals, and then like a quarter of those plates are like grass or like this is the finest snail piss we can find. You know what I mean? Like so, you're gonna have to drink a little snail piss, but then occasionally you get a plate that's like because I really like, for example, the moment where Snipes is like arguing with Dorif and Robbins for the promotion. Oh, and the, the cinema of the cinematography, scene, the, oh, um, so, yes, camera and stuff was, was so really cool. Yeah, that stuff rules. Like that, like there's like there genuinely are like cool, like fun. Well, he's too moments. good of a filmmaker, and he's too like wildly creative and talented to like just throw up a zero mm. like there's going to be interesting pieces to pull from things it may not coalesce into like yeah a full like like it's not do the right thing it's not malcolm X. oh it's, for sure yeah it's not black Klansman in terms of like quality in my opinion but it's still fascinating yeah I, I definitely like yeah th- there are movies like this movie is like an, a mess but i definitely especially when you can think about some of the movies you've watched in this podcast like <laughs> Like I'd, like I'd, I would rather watch this movie than like Geely. Again. Oh yeah, like, well, I've never seen. <laughs> wait, did you say Jiggly? Geely, Geely, Larry Geely. We we have <laughs> we've like gone through that movie we've watched twice. It twice. We, we have watched, watched it. Twice. Yeah. And I mean, uh, stick it on your head. Mm, God, oh, why go down? Go to break calendars. <laughs> oh God. 
Oh, I, <laughs> it's a. Can you believe that movie? I you you sent me we we talk every time Julie comes up, Patrick and I's eyes like start to spin. <laughs> I, and we I, go I into, haven't where seen we go it. into this like zone of like. Can you believe that happened? Yeah. Like, wow. yeah. Should I should I watch it? No. I mean, no. It's um, like I feel like you lose a year of your life. You're gonna like. It's a startling. Gonna... I mean, it's a startling experience. Like when Jen saw I was putting on a second time, she's like, "No, what, what? <laughs> why are you doing this? What? Why? Dog, you're killing yourself, dog. Oh no! How many Wait, years I'm... do you have left? Yeah, like I'm surprised after you watch. I'm surprised then when you watch Julie, your hair doesn't turn white like the bully in it. You're right. Yeah, like, or just like, some sort of like like three or four white streaks. What happened? Oh man. Yeah. Should, Julie. Just... Be... I've lost one quarter of my soul. But Jungle think... Fever was that for me, to be quite honest. I was uh, cringing the entire time. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's tough. It's totally you know like, like it's it's a hard movie to swallow. I can imagine. I can I, I get it. So just going a little later, once once they're together, uh, Angie and. Gosh, I am terrible at remembering character names. Uh, Flipper. Flipper. Flipper and Angie. Flipper. How did I forget Flipper? Flipper yeah. and Cutter we got. Uh, Flipper and Angie are together and they're just like waltzing down the street. And again, if this film were made today, this scene would have been so much more subtle because it's like, they're like, oh, we're going to have it make it look like he could could possibly be raping her like he puts her on a car she's like yelping oh, in a yeah. way where it's like it's it doesn't sound like a laugh it sounds like a scream and so obviously like the cops get called and i think if that if that were done today it's, it's like the message would have gotten across if it was just like oh yeah he's holding hands with her and he you know grabs her ass or something and someone calls the cops on that yeah um, like it, it goes like so far to make a point like Did no one know? just naturally does that with even I don't know. With I, get, their, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Did you know that those are the two cops that killed Radio Rahim and do the right thing? Really? Yeah. He's That's same, actually really cool. Same two guys. Wow. So was, it John, was, was it John Savage? Wasn't he one of those cops? Or no? I'm thinking someone else. Different. I think you're thinking someone else. And this was uh, this really interesting was was def- dedicated to a man who was murdered by Italian Americans in, right. in 1989. Right who they believed was involved with a white girl from the neighborhood. Yeah, which I think they reference in the movie too. It's yeah. like a yeah, it's it's in, it's tough cuz like I think sometimes well, like you feel like Spike Lee is like kind of hitting you over the head to make a point, but then you have to put yourself in that headspace of like, oh yeah, this was the like the 90s and like he I mean yeah. even though even his more recent stuff like um The Five Bloods or even Black Klansman though there's not a lot of like he's a maximalist yeah that's part of it too he's definitely just like a guy who will like scream on top of the the mountain yeah (laughs) you know the interesting thing about him is too that i really kind of dig is that he's got this you know this very strong social and political uh themes that he wants to get across but he's also like a diehard old school like 1940s 1950s movie head yeah. So, like the melodrama of those movies, though, that's a huge influence yeah. on him. And he can't. And and I do think on top of that too, looking over his career, um, this is a bigger issue. We don't. I don't want. Um, <sighs> writing female characters and writing romances, um, career-wise, are not have not been his strong suit yeah necessarily yeah um, 
I think he's got a lot of wonderful qualities, but I don't, I think that is a bit of a blind spot for him. Uh, Lauren, you can go ahead. Sorry. It was something where, I mean, there's, there's the Bechtel test and then there's the, the, the lamp, sexy lampshade test where it's like, if a woman can be replaced with a very valuable, sexy lampshade, then it's not a really good female character. And I felt that for both of these films. Um, Ooh, yeah. Because, I mean, I One don't thing know. you could say about Passenger 57, though, it was not trying to say anything about society other than this guy kicked ass. Well, they, I don't know, they had some like, <laughs> look how racist these these Louisiana cops are, too. Whoa. So uh, funny, the fucking guys out of Dukes of Hazzard. I know. It was stupid. So and, then they become, and then they all become best buddies by the end, yeah. but I'm getting way ahead. It, it was something where it's like, as, as little as, uh, as little motivation as there was for him to start an affair, I mean, there was almost there was less and more for her because it's like she showed no interest in him she just was like looking to get out that we had just established and repeated that she was looking to get out of her regular dating pool that doesn't mean you know sleep with your boss i again this is something where i chalked it up to it maybe being a different time but i just i don't think there's ever been a time where it's not a risk (laughs) i think i think there's also an act with her of um her she's never gonna say that i hate my father and my brothers and they're awful people who i don't want to be around but i'm stuck with them but there is this like what what could be something that could really get me away from them yeah kind of quality to her actions too. yeah a little and, bit of a, a room springer for her yeah and so i mean frank vincent michael imperioli and david um dandara do excellent work as yeah slime total slime balls <laughs> yeah, like the just the dumbest the dumbest people in Benson's for sure uh, and I think like I think what's interesting about this movie and what I think also maybe contributes to some of its flaws is that it feels like in this world that Spike Lee has created like um racism and then like drug addiction also I would say they're like these they're like inevitable things they're like gravity like in the sense that like you can't like like if you're on a certain path you can't get out of that path and the movie is about people trying to like you know get away from certain paths and then being pulled back to where they're like you know getting pulled like it's like you know because they, they try to make this relationship work and it doesn't and do you they think try- that has something to do with like ozzy davis's wild man sermons that he's giving throughout his like fire and brimstone sermons about yeah. like society and everything like oh, that. Oh, I think like, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, if yeah. I were to look at those again, like look at a transcript of those, I think I would be like, oh, it all makes sense. Yeah, it's everything like um, don't turn your back on God. Don't turn your back on your wife. The devil never stops working. The devil never yeah. stops working, and definitely don't do crack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I also want to highlight Samuel L. Jackson's crack song. Like I'm a crackhead. <laughs> It, he's he's really he good. He he's rules. good in the movie, and yeah. like that whole like that sequence is probably the best part of the movie when they go to like find like when they when he goes to, yeah. when he go when Snipes goes to find him at the crack house. Yeah, yeah. See, you see Charlie Murphy for yeah. a split second. You're like, oh, that guy's cool, and then you go to uh, the... Wait, was that the guy in the suit? Yeah, that was Eddie Murphy's too... older. Eddie Murphy's older brother. Way I too think, dressed up to be in a crack den. I think that <laughs> there is kind of this interesting thing in this movie where it's like, 
Isn't that something you see on like sitcoms all the time where the worst character on a sitcom is always the leading character who we're supposed to be kind of watching their journey all the way oh, through? 100%. Like on How I Met Your Mother, how Ted is the worst character on that show. Mm, or, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a few others like that who dealt, deal with that. And this one, it's like, okay, I know it's called Jungle Fever. And I know the key theme is this white woman and this black man having this romance within communities that don't support them. But it's like, I want to see his brother. I want to see I his brother. See her, I want to. I want to see, see her heartbroken. I want to see her yeah. heartbroken fiance at his weird shop with his, with these. I hesitate to call them friends, but these racist guys who hang out there all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about like if the movie was about John Turturro and Samuel Jackson? Like John, like they, they. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way you could organically have these characters meet, but they feel well, like you they're... have um, Snipes. You switch the like the market to mm. Snipes' neighborhood and have Snipes working at the market mm. and Sam Jackson is the crack addict but then Snipes' friends are all kind of like going after him for what he's doing but we can still go to her world but we kind of almost kind of combine Snipes and Totoro oh that'd be a character I, I kind of like the idea of a Snipes being a Totoro type character that's interesting I like to see him like that too yeah like he like a kind of more meek yeah, kind of character, and then you make Aussie Davis kind of more like Anthony Quinn. That'd be interesting. Combine them too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably knock this movie down to an hour forty-five, and for sure would probably put you in a maybe a better spot. But um, still have Snipes do some spin kicks though. Yeah, um, no spin kicks. Inexplicable. Yeah, you gotta snipe. have when you're an architect. I mean, just look at Ted Mosby. He could definitely <laughs> yeah. do some spin kicks. Exactly. Frank- another another annoying architect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright, he was spin kicking people all the that time. That would have been so rad after that scene where he's like going after Tim Tim Robbins and Brad Dorf. And Tim Robbins immediately <laughs> like goes to an eleven, like like two lines into that scene. <laughs> snipes just stands up and goes, okay. He snaps his suspenders <laughs> and then um spin kicks both of them. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Tim Robbins falls out like uh, like rain from the airplane. Like no, yeah, okay. Like he turns and spins, goes right out the window, and it's like one of the falls in New Jack City where it seems like he's falling like five stories down or something. Like <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, it's an unwieldy movie. It's an imperfect movie. I think there's some fun moments. I mean, what do we think about as we before we move into the next movie? You know, final thoughts on Snipes in general on in this film oh that's yeah. beyond the movie beyond the so, character so just so i'm clear that last moment after he has just said goodbye to his daughter the the woman who runs around the corner and says daddy i'll suck your dick for some crack or whatever is supposed to be his daughter right i think it's a vision of his daughter like what okay. might be to come for his daughter okay which because i like i was like i there's i know what i think that was supposed to be but there's no way like, wait, did did he just do a time jump? Like somehow we've made it through 99.9% of this movie and now we discover that he is also a time traveler? No. Oh, that's a good twist. That's a good twist. <laughs> what, a, what a great last 11th hour twist. Suddenly, suddenly one of the cars from Demolition Man drives by. Yeah. <laughs> Flipper, we need you in the future. <laughs> You're the only one who can defeat Simon. You're the only one who can defeat Simon Phoenix. Oh, no, no. Hey. Uh, you know what would be interesting if I played Flipper? 
What? No, I don't know. Sly. <laughs> yeah, Sly, you cannot. Yeah, I don't think that was written for you, Sly. <laughs> yeah, maybe John Turturro's uh, Sylvester Stallone Sly was playing would have John. actually have been really fun as uh, Turturro's character. That would have been really interesting. Like in his like Copland with a little bit more weight. Oh, I like yeah. little, little glasses, little tiny little glasses. glasses. Guys, I don't know. I think she's a nice lady. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I cannot picture a single other person in that role as yeah. John Turturro because he just played the pathetic nice guy and like and His like even, even the fact too. like this is something that hasn't aged well the fact that she gives him shit for not like like taking a punch giving her brothers a punch for teasing him I, and he's just like very calm and zen i'm like that's an that's a man who goes to therapy right there like <laughs> yeah. you meet a man who's able to like like just kind of face people who are just shitting on him and he can kind of Lauren, just Lauren there are smile. there are no therapists in oh, Spike no. Lee's Bensonhurst nor <laughs> home I am aware but like the fact that he's able to key into that that kind of uh zen energy that zenergy yeah he is definitely the mental yeah I'm like yeah he's a hundred percent the mental equivalent to like a flower growing in like a sidewalk like He's like the one guy in all of Brooklyn who's it's not a, sweet, a, a total it's, psychopath. It's such a sweet moment though when he like makes it to the date all covered in blood. It's just like, oh, you did it, John. Yeah. Good, good for you. Yeah. But it is really interesting, the end of this movie, how basically like you've been thinking this movie is about one thing mm-hmm. or many things. And then at the end, it's like, oh, that's what this movie seems to be about is fear of your daughter becoming a crack addicted prostitute basically yeah which is like i guess seems like, to be the theme of the film man yeah it's a tough yeah and i and i, I, I want to steal the no though for any movie that i write in the future i'm going to use a finale like that where it's just no, guys, like no, a freeze frame no. scream and that's the end of a in a serious movie i really want to do that fever. yeah we've got jungle fever Ooh, we've got jungle fever boy this the song does not swing in the same way it does in the first during the opening credits after that you're like oh boy he does oh. something's going on with him and he's got real trouble yeah, there is a fever in harlem and i don't know if it's curable yeah, <laughs> yeah i think flip, i don't even know if things are not in a good flipper is not a good also, space yeah. i wanted to point this out when you said that roger ebert gave this three out of four stars or whatever i'm like of course he did he's got jungle fever <laughs> that's true that's true yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Roger Ebert's married to Chaz. (laughs) (laughs) Or was already. That's true. It would be his 80th birthday this year. Wow. Yep. And a neat guy. Yeah. But um, yeah. Okay. Okay. We got to move on. We got to move on. But I also think like there was an element too of like Spike Lee being very exciting in 1991 as a filmmaker. So very difficult. Like he got criticized later on for doing some of the same stuff in later movies, but pe- people were riding on a high. And, and also, it's like this is, I understand, as like a movie fan, it's like when a new young director comes along and makes a few movies that are pretty cool and exciting. It's like, man, I'm rooting for them. I want like, I want them to be the next like really great director. Yeah, I mean, it's like the cool Daniels movies. right now. Oh, everyone has Daniels Fever. Daniels Fever. I you changed I, Daniels Fever. They I changed my name. Did I tell you that? <laughs> oh no, Dan? Daniel Saunderson. Now, and I'm trying to get on board. I'm wondering if they need a third. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you changed your name to Daniels with an S. <laughs> oh, Daniels. that's probably what I should have done. 
Yeah, you should change your name. How, to what is the turnaround? Do you think on a name change to do it a second time? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard that it is expensive. It's like more expensive than you think to change your name. I had to sell my car. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, fuck, I fucked up. Daniels, fucked up. Daniels, come Dan- on. No, I'm Daniel. I'm not Daniels. <laughs> I gotta get that. Oh no, you're Daniel. Oh no, I need that ass. Uh, good luck, buddy. I'm trying to convince A24 that I'm them and really do run a real scheme here to get some money. But- <laughs> That's not gonna work. You're one guy. <laughs> walk in there. You don't seem plural to me. I am. <laughs> yeah. I am. I am multiple Daniels. <laughs> all, you can see the movie. There's plenty of things going yeah, on. It's everything. I'm, yeah. I'm everything everywhere all at once. How do you know? How do you know I'm not Daniels? Yeah, Prove how do you it. know? <laughs> Prove it. Spanglish. <laughs> Spanglish. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, another long-term reference. But fascin- um, Jungle Fever. Mm-hmm. Fascinating movie. Interesting performances. Provide. I learned a lot provocative film <laughs> is it as provocative and interesting though as 1992's passenger 57 american action thriller directed by kevin hook screenplay by david lowry and dan gordon story by Stuart rafel and dan gordon um film co-stars wesley snipes bruce payne tom sizemore bruce greenwood robert hooks uh director's father did you know that plays the fbi agent uh, Elizabeth Hurley, Michael Horse from uh, Twin Peaks. And uh, this one was um, kind of Snipes breakout, breakthrough performance as an action star. And this led to um, Money Train, Drop Zone, Demolition Man, Art of War, and the Blade trilogy essentially is him being a bankable uh, action star because he had mostly done kind of, um, you know, frankly, movies like Jungle Fever, Mo Better Blues, or The Water Dance before this along with some comedic stuff mm-hmm. uh 24% on rotten tomatoes uh hello critics 24% that's awfully low for this movie <laughs> but it's i think this is one of those we don't know what we had till they're gone kind of movies when 84 minute movies about a guy just beating up terrorists on an airplane they're not made anymore they should be but yeah. they're not yeah a movie can be um, 75 minutes yeah, movies should be 75 minutes long. <laughs> Just an hour. And, but, still, but still in theater. And HBO um, dramas should be 84 minutes. Yes. <laughs> they already are. Each yeah. episode. Uh, well, that will oh, provide no. me with three naps. Mm-hmm. Um, $15 million but, um, budget, $66 million at the box office. Uh, a sleeper hit. Of course, this is the story of John Cutter, the um, titular passenger 57 mm. he's on an airplane he um i'm a little confused about what his actual job is because it seems like he just teaches classes at first mm-hmm. but now but then we later on find out every government agent is fully aware that he is the biggest yep. badass in the entire world <laughs> and uh the terrorists have a serious problem one uh, of many inconsistencies <laughs> yes well i mean we can start off with charles rain's escape um, <laughs> yes. Whatever it is he's escaping from at the beginning of the movie, he's getting plastic surgery. He needs to know what time it is. The t- clock strikes and he immediately slits the plastic surgeon's throat and the cops arrive. I don't understand it, but it leads to a fun action scene where he jumps out a window and there's cool traffic dodging. And, you know, so it's entertaining nonetheless. It I is, have no okay. idea why Charles Rain is getting... Um, caught 
Right. Why is he in this position? It sounds like he's getting... Okay, so remind me of Rutger Hauer, because in Nighthawks, the Stallone movie where Rutger Hauer is a terrorist going after the city of New York, Rutger mm-hmm. Hauer also gets plastic surgery all the way through the movie, too. But he does it, starts off with, like, weird, cool, caked makeup on, and then he gets plastic surgery and he becomes young Rutger Hauer, which is the way to do a scene a moment like this. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to do it like uh, the Doctor Who regeneration thing, where you just cast a new new actor every time. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden he could become Gary Busey after he yes. gets the surgery. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, where they like got like four actors to play the Heath Ledger character. Yeah, exactly. Except not so, as grim. It's that according <laughs> to Wikipedia, John Cutter, in mm-hmm. this order, this is the most important order for who he is and what his career is. Widowed former police officer, decorated soldier, and retired Secret Service agent, John Cutter, constantly haunted by memories of his wife's death in a convenience store robbery, has launched a course specializing in training flight attendants in special defense or self-defense. How did he get here? Is it just because Sizemore offered him a job because he was blue over what happened in that convenience store? I don't know. Who knows? It's all it doesn't awesome. matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. But... Yeah, we're just here for like you know. And I got we got to go back really quickly to Rain and how he jumped out of like a three story building, lands on a totally, picnic table. Yeah, he basically has like super jumping powers. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Like like, <laughs> like much like Scotty Appleton from Big City. But Charles Rain is not insane. That's true. No, no, no. He's, just, he's a normal dude. Say he's it. Insane. Ah! Charles, yeah. Lauren, quick, quick. He's, you're he's, hitting my head against the wall. He's, ah! he's, a, he's a guy who can throw together a multicultural collection of supermodels and nerds <laughs> for his terrorist organization. It is like the cool. It is like he's got his his goons are awesome. Oh, they've got a great collection of goons. He's yeah. got that the guy who's like the middle school gym teacher who's also a sniper who's in the galley. <laughs> Yeah, was that, that the guy dude. with like like almost an emo haircut? No, that was the the guy was the nerd. He falls I, off the uh, Ferris wheel. He <laughs> looks so much like my former boss that I was like, yeah. When as soon as you said nerds, I was like, yep, yeah. They all look like a bunch of dudes who, well, sorry, have their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have the nerdy guy on as our guest next week. We're really excited to have him. Oh, man. Got a lot <laughs> it's weird. It's it's weird. We couldn't schedule him for the movie he's in, but you know, yeah, that's, he, the ways that scheduling for Hollywood. He folks. also has a podcast about you guessed it, movies. <laughs> movies, yeah. They're, I, and they're covering Heat this week, and I think it's gonna actually have some new points to make about Heat. <laughs> look, look forward to me saying ah, trenchant. 40 oh, minutes in a I row. I never thought about that. Hmm. <laughs> but, um, I think so cut, cut, Cutter ends up on an airplane. He gets sat next to a, um, a, a older racist woman who thinks he's Arsenio Hall. Um, <laughs> jokes. Which is, I'm just, honestly just shocked that an older woman would be expected to watch Arsenio Hall. Well, she <laughs> has a, like her knowledge of her. She's like, she didn't just see like a trailer like this week on Arsenio. I'm like, oh, that guy kind of looks like that guy I saw on the commercial for. She's watched multiple episodes of no, Arsenio yeah. Hall. She knows his bits. She knows like yeah. she, has, she has Arsenio gags. tattooed on her chest. She's a super mm. fan. So it's yeah. a real it's a real bummer for her. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it that if he's not Arsenio, she like had put all that cachet into being a fan of the show. But her racism got in the way. 
Um, and then, uh, of course, Cutter's boss and old friend Sly Del Vecchio, try <laughs> spelling it, um, played by Tom Sizemore in a really wonderful on the line, coked out performance that he's really bringing. He's bringing the heat with this one. <laughs> he is like hanging out with like Stephen King. They're both in the Maximum Overdrive truck with the Green no, Goblin on it. No, nobody knows who wrote Tommy Knockers. I mean, <laughs> hey, I do, and it was uh, Tom Sizemore and Stephen King. Oh, Sizemore, Sizemore is still demanding credit. <laughs> oh God! Um, yeah, they get on the plane. Um, the, Charles Rain has some really inefficient FBI escorts with him. Oh, and uh, entirely the toughest, know, horniest know losers. Not yeah, only that, I wrote losers. this down. It was my favorite line in the whole movie. You'd think they'd put an airline hijacker on a bus or a plane. Mm. Well, it, says the, it says the airplane that, company. I was thinking that the entire time, like the second they, he boarded the plane wearing a nice suit. I'm he like, no, great. have him he look like great. a fucking prisoner. Yeah. Um, I wish we had, I wish this actor who I only know from this movie, Bruce Payne, who plays Charles Rain, had been on in more plane. stuff on yeah. the plane. Bruce Payne, Payne Charles Rain. And it's not insane. Insane in the membrane. With lots. Bruce Rain, Payne plays Charles Rain, who is not insane, <laughs> remains on the plane. With Man. lots to gain by hijacking this plane. Yes. Uh, plane again, but, you know, it, it makes sense in the scheme of our story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's fun. He's great. I think he's oh, a lot of fun in this movie. He's super, he's, yeah. He's great. Uh, the accent slips a couple times, but hey, it's, you know. it's the 90s. It he's having fun. Elizabeth matter. Hurley said she wanted to get rid of her accent. No, no. There's a weird detail we didn't need. Uh, yeah, I mean, but she's so much more evil with a British accent. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's a lot of fun. Is like she is the, a lot of fun. The yeah. second lead, like the second heavy, I would say. She's and like an, another great '90s thing. I mean, we've seen it in many Snipes movies. A cool lady henchman on the team who is maybe the meanest and most murdery out of the entire group. Mm, I like true. it. Bring it back. I like that. Um, it's Trace always Rand- Yeah, we have yeah, three. Yeah, always fun. Beginning- Teresa Randall and uh, King of New York. Who is uh, in... Uh, Vanessa Williams. In um, New Jack, New Jack City. City. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. At the beginning, we see her, um, you know, comfort that little boy who's like worried... Yeah, she's like, I've got my own decoder ring and I'll keep you safe. And... <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those things where I was like, I, I kind of wanted when the, when the, when they did release some of the hostages and the boy was one of them, I kind of wanted to say to her, cause they walk right past her. I wanted to be like, you're, you lied and you're me. like, I don't know. So. Like that she, little boy just that she shoots him in the head. <laughs> no. Oh, passenger 57. That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> not the little boy. I, I am glad love, the little boy survived. I love okay. how all the terrorists though. And like that, like, they're all being very like ain't I a stinker coy as they're setting up the plane when everyone's boarding oh, it's like yes. they want to yeah. tell people they're terrorists so bad <laughs> like, oh man or the guy who like he's going for the knife is just like I think we should uh give up and let Charles Rain lead us yeah I know it's <laughs> that like... one <laughs> some certainly sounds like something a terrorist would say <laughs> but maybe you wanted me to think that in which case you are a good man and yeah. you are on our side <laughs> well John Cutter was like yo I picked up on that slip. <laughs> <laughs> you said the silent part out loud, my friend. Yeah. How do you... Oh, you know, you know, it's like, I wish that he go, 
I think we should listen to the great Charles Rain. He did this, 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 and he goes through his entire like CV of terrorist activity. <laughs> Suddenly there's like math <laughs> equations appearing in front of his head. And, like... <laughs> and if, he, if he were into it, I'd like to take him out on a date. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't asked. <laughs> Wait, whenever someone says, Sun Tzu says in the art of war, whenever you want to take the leading general on a date, it usually means that they want to defect. Yeah. <laughs> The fact that you brought this up, and I noticed it too this time around, I mean, it's impossible not to notice that Snipes is reading The Art of War on the plane is hilarious. <laughs> it rules. It's it's so it rules stupid. so It's so, so stupid. It rocks I so love hard. it. I love I love it. It's just like anytime. <laughs> I love the fact that there is no drama in this movie. That the, from the second Snipes moves into action, you're like, there is no chance he is ever going to lose at any time yeah. in this movie. He's got it under control, and we're just gonna watch him be cool and badass the entire movie. And I'm Maybe. I'm satisfied with that because it's also 84 minutes long. It doesn't yeah. say it's welcome yeah. in the slightest. I also like that the the southern cop just gets totally eviscerated. <laughs> now, did you know that the southern cop is played by the character actor Ernie Lively, who was the actress Blake Lively's father? <gasps> What? Yeah. She's a uh, nepotist nepotism yeah, yeah. hire yeah. of career. The, the sheriff from Passenger right 57 yeah. got her everything. Wow. <laughs> she isn't traveling in those pants without that sheriff. Yeah. Oh, that would have been Patrick really went for traveling pants and I went for gossip girl. That would have been really funny though if um Admit, Snipes is like, I need a gun. And the sheriff didn't have his wife's gun, but he's like, I got my daughter's pants if you want to use these. <laughs> <laughs> They're magic. <laughs> They'll fit. And They'll Snipes is like, give him a try. I, I always secretly hope that every film I watch is in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants universe. <laughs> Blade, you got to wear these magic pants. <laughs> the only way you can defeat the Daywalkers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, Blade, Blade, I know that the serum isn't working out a hell of a lot these days. Uh, I stumbled across a pair of jeans, and I thought you might uh, might work out for us. They belong to an ancient sisterhood. Four teenage girls, sweet girls. I hated, hated the fact that I had to just rip the pants, run away with them. I stole, I, I stole the pants. I'm on, a, I'm on a wanted list, Blade. It's you bad, gotta help it's me. Bad. It turns out that not only stealing, but stealing pants from teenage girls is a bad look. It's a bad look for Whistler Blade. I got it. I'm on the run. Just imagine him like being like sisterhood, huh? Are any of the girls black? And they're like, oh no. I <laughs> <laughs> would probably happen in Blade Trinity. Yeah. yeah. And I know. I mean, I, what I love about this movie is mm-hmm. the when he delves into the "Do you ever play roulette?" moment, the way oh. the camera just smashes on snipes for the big key tagline i'm just like it's so satisfying <laughs> you always bet on black you're like hell yeah dude let's, hell yeah, let's dude. yeah, hell Again, yeah that was that Very was cool. in response to yet another one like another one of uh rain's quips about how he's probably not able to satisfy a woman and like he responds with that his first one i think i wrote that one down it's like or he's on, when he's on the phone with him and he's like, oh, the flight attendant that you're with, like speaking of boys, is she dissatisfied with your company? I'm like, they're not going to be banging during a hijacking. That's just an unfair <laughs> thing. Like, uh, I, again, I think it also I took issue with it only because like 
Charles Rain doesn't come off as like a sexual, sexually no. charged villain until no. until she had a moment him. later with Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, yeah. she had him like smooch Elizabeth Hurley like right away, like they're a couple and yeah. she's been waiting for him to break out or something like that. And like, Did y'all see uh, Elizabeth Hurley's reaction to when he was like sweet talking, uh, oh my God, what's her name? Mandy, what's her name? Uh, Marty. More, Marty? Her, but, to her friends, Al- to Alex, her friends. Yeah. Alex Dacher? Yeah. Uh, he does not have a Wikipedia page. She's, you know, Elizabeth Hurley is like on the right side of the frame and she's not in focus, but she, he says something to her and like, Obviously, I'm sure if I were Elizabeth Hurley's character, I would know like, oh, yeah, well, my boyfriend's a terrorist and he likes to blow up planes and whatever. And he's just hitting on this woman to make her feel intimidated and it's power move. But still, oh, what a line. <laughs> she like rolls it, her eyes, flips her hair and walks to the back of the plane. <laughs> it is so it is so interesting thinking about this because obviously this is uh, die hard on a plane. Oh, for almost sure. beat for beat. And um just kind of like the magic of the Hans Gruber character and Ellen Rickman's performance and how much that elevates basically the same character to being this like fascinating, like true oh, challenge to Bruce Willis. Genuinely interesting character. Yeah, like a really, and I think it's, um, I think a lot of, I mean, Die Hard's obviously superior in every way, but this movie still rocks. That just shows how good Die Hard is. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like having like a character like, Carl, the hen- the main henchman in Die Hard. If yeah. Charles Rain had been like this erudite, like I do violence, but I don't really do it with my hands. I kind of do it, you know. I let other mm-hmm. and he had just like mean guys, like meaner guys on yeah. his team rather meaner than nerds. Mean, yeah, some real nerds, real mean <laughs> nerds. They they've you've given them way too many swirlies. Now they're yeah. out for revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it'd be fun to have them do a little more. I agree with you there. But this is a higher end. Um. Die Hard on a movie. I yeah, think it's one of my it's one of my favorite ones. I mean, Speed is obviously I think the greatest Die Hard on a movie that has kind of transcended being Die oh, Hard yeah. on a bus to just being a great movie. But again, like if you look at that, like the villain in Speed is super interesting, has a lot to yeah. do. And Dennis Hopper's Hopper, great. and then Keanu and Sandra Bullock's relationship develops in a yeah. very like fun, Nasty. naturalistic. They're chemistry, both funny. chemistry filled kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we talked enough about it last week when poor Sandry Sandy was um teamed with Stallone as <laughs> as her romantic rival uh, evolution yeah. man. <laughs> and kind of the opposite effect there. But um <laughs> yeah, speed's wonderful, but so is Passenger 57. I just like Snipes gets a chance to do it all here. He gets to have fun. He gets to do action stuff. Oh yeah. See, that's the thing too, is like we're at a point where like he looks all the- great, his all of his costumes are cool again. Yeah, and well, and also like this is like the last movie I feel like in the bracket where like he truly gets to like kick and like fight and like that is a big appeal for Spike. I think that's like what separates him from like the past two people. Like, I mean, not that Al Pacino or Meryl Streep couldn't like partake. Like, I would love if halfway through Julie and Julia, like <laughs> Meryl she, Streep, she, like she she enters <laughs> the Julie Powell storyline and bashes her with like a pan and does this, you know. <laughs> Enough is enough. (laughs) Your plot line is not as interesting as mine. (laughs) People want to watch this story, not this story. Oh man, I would watch a Julie and Julia where, like, Don, you're Julie (laughs) and Patrick's Julia. (laughs) I'm going to fight you to the death. 
<laughs> I'm going to fight you to the death. How dare you? You were just reading my recipes. I wrote them, bitch. Well, you were reading my recipes. I was reading Sun Tzu. <laughs> no one has confused me with Arsenio Hall yet. <laughs> I bet they're oh. just as tall. How tall yeah. is Arsenio Hall? Yeah. Arsenio I mean, Hall looked tall. Julia Child is um, like 6'8". Yeah, Julia Child's taller than... Uh, Wesley Snipes, uh, one of wow. my fr- a good friend of mine who's listening to the show, uh, did a freeze frame on Blade the other day as he was listening to watch. He was checking out our Blade episode and uh, he saw Blade's like idea. He's like, five eight? What? <laughs> <laughs> he's like a short, he's a surprisingly short guy. You tell it in the sports movies. Hey, we that stand he's a, a short king. Mm, yeah, oh, sure. he absolutely is. Yeah. Just one of the best guys. Love, we love Wesley. We love, and, our uh, we love our short boys. We love, yeah. Speak, love I, short, you kings. Know, short kings, indeed. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> as one of themselves. <laughs> um, I'm, like, I'm kind of a short. I'm like 5'11", uh, 5'11 and a half. And a half. <laughs> I'm no, so I'm close sorry. to six. I'm so close to six, but I can't taste it. I can never I'm sorry. I would pay $600 to be 5'11". <laughs> $600? How did you arrive at that amount? I don't know. It, just, uh, it's, it seemed like, I don't know, ballpark it. Uh, I, no, I'm tall. I'm tall. I know. So I obviously you guys know this about me because I'm 5'2", but I say anyone who's 5'7 is tall. Like that Ooh. is tall to me because you're a full five inches taller than me. That's, I don't know, that's almost half. I do like Jen is the same. And so right, and he, she says the same thing. Yeah. So 5'11 to me is not short king territory. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I know it isn't. No. I'm sorry. No, Patrick, I love- you're a king of many things. Mm. We'll give you that. But, but not shortness. Uh, not shortness. I, I do relish in being the tallest person on Sweet Dialama. That does yeah. Oh, yeah. the power, I feel. The power. I, I, you know, um, have you rewritten your resume recently? Uh, yeah, put that in there. Uh, tallest right person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tallest person on my improv team. Uh, degree in philosophy. Uh, uh, podcast, podcast, uh, comedy. What are, guys, what are you talking about? I talk about movies with another white dude. Yeah, you know, it's like white guy with a podcast. Oh man, you're really my sister, checking. Has, my sister has a dog. Checking a lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will make you the CEO of Apple Plus. Yeah, God, I don't know. first thing you do is cancel Ted Lasso, and then you're fired the next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I canceled our only successful show. Oh, Why no. did I do that? I'm an idiot. Oh, no. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I clicked. There's a big red button that says this will, this will cancel Ted Lasso. <laughs> like a big, like a plastic case. You, have to look <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta get like Jason Sudeikis to come in with another key so you can turn him at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they install this here? This is not my fault. I shouldn't have put like, the big. It's like you walk in. It's like you can do whatever you want. You're the CEO of Apple Plus. Just don't push that button. Wait, what happens? I have to know. Yeah, I know. You gotta press the button. You're like losing your mind. I got it. Just I got it just once. If I learned anything from Ted Lasso, it's that the goldfish is happy because he forgets stuff. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh no, no more Ted. Oh, no. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis just disappears like an Avengers. Just turns yeah, yeah. It's like that's you know it shows our reference points because I was gonna say Marty McFly's siblings 
Much better. From Back to the Future. No, I mean, it's just kind of different time period of cultural disappearances of loved ones. Yeah. I don't, well, I just like the visual of dust, like you're seeing your hand. Like, ah! the, mu- the mustache is the last to go. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache is just floating there. It's been there for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's, just, it's a reminder you don't do that to Ted Lasso. Yeah, a lot of people have just taking pictures with the mustache. It's very rude. <laughs> What's in the Smithsonian now? Just oh, so yeah. we don't forget. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim yeah. Kardashian's gonna wear it at the next the next uh, Met Gala. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that would be the funniest shit. <laughs> Everyone is laughing. It's the newest friend. The first time I ever cared about the Met Gala would be if Kim Kardashian showed up in like a famous mustache. <laughs> that should be the news. Everyone, you got yeah. Just don't. She got don't. like Tom Selleck's Magnum PI mustache. <laughs> hey, as long as you avoid one certain mustache, it's all okay with me. Would- oh, you're of course referring to Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Oh, oh, I I thought you meant a certain style of mustache. (laughs) Oh, no, no, Michael Michael Jordan wore it once. Wait, what? Like a weird, you know, Hitler mustache. What? I've got to see the Hitler. Wait, wait, we didn't talk about uh, what's the name? The name of the actor is Christopher in The Sopranos, and he was in Jungle Fever. Uh, Michael yeah. Imperioli. Michael yeah. Imperioli. This, oh, he yeah. had like a he had a serial killer yeah. mustache. Yeah, he had a funky one. He had a John Waters esque. I would kill to have him on the show just to oh, talk about man. his career. Yeah, he would be great. Yeah. Oh, what a, you know what's so it. funny is so I was uh, admittedly multitasking when I was watching Jungle Fever, and I was looking down at that first scene in in the Italian's house, and I was like, wow, all of these people sound like cast members from The Sopranos, and then I they looked up are. and I was like, oh, they all are. <laughs> <laughs> three of them <laughs> we joked oh about that the last episode it was like david chase turned on jungle fevers that's him that's yep. my christopher <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got christopher we got Dr- gloria trillo and we got uh what's his Le- frank vincent's character what's his uh phil leotard yeah thank you yeah oh uh, man frank vincent what a king oh man like i love those like guys like before like in those mafia movies who they've been actors their entire life but it's like no i've played a mafia guy like 18 times guess what i do for a living i'm in the mafia (laughs) (laughs) they they firmly now believe that they're like these like mafia tough guys oh yeah god bless them it's a good i mean look at frank sinatra he definitely he had a full-on music career but he still had ties to the mafia yeah, yeah. that's how he probably got on from here to eternity or whatever yeah. it'd be, wouldn't it be wild if like it, there was a big country like post malone ties to the mafia <laughs> like for, <laughs> for a modern pop star or uh, like imagine dragons ties to the mafia ties to the mafia imagine dragon <laughs> back Ties Mumf- to the Canadian uh, one, mafia. One one of the sons from Mumford and Sons. I'm not saying which one ties mm. to the mafia. Mm. So oh, look, out, look out for your pop stars. They might also like give you some issues. Um, but yeah, Snipe saves the day. He gets yep. the girl. He throws uh, Charles Rain out of the plane. I would have liked a more satisfying death from Charles. Oh Rain. yeah. I was while they were like in combat. I was like, I hope it doesn't. I like it can't end with him just shooting him. So then yeah. when he fell out of the plane, I was like, oh. But if that again, if this if this movie were made today, the rule is no corpse, no death. Mm. So that's true. Yeah. If this were made today, there would absolutely be a sequel where we Passenger find out that he somehow survived. Part two: The Revenge of Rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> more more pain from rain. <laughs> 
who is not insane <laughs> and is no longer on a plane. But definitely back in the game. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy his uh, chow mein. You have rhyme zone open on your computer? Uh, or you just back, no, back, no. Back in the habit. <laughs> <laughs> Looks back like I'm a nun. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we have two, two wild ones here. Fun, yeah. very charismatic performance. One interesting, if not particularly as charismatic performance. But more varied, though. It's like more, more varied. Yeah, John Cutter does not have like emotional. Yeah. They try with his dead wife, but he kind of forgets about that relatively quickly when it's time to kick ass and put on a cool bomber jacket on over yeah. his turtleneck. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. But first things first, we got to hand out a Harrelson of the week. Mm. Uh, best supporting player. A lot of interesting actors we met this week outside of Wesley Snipes. Patrick, who do you got? You know what? Uh, I'm going to give it uh, to John DeTuro this time. He's really good in Jungle Fever. Yeah. My boy DeTuro. He's Absolutely like, excellent he's, performance. Yeah. He's like, with the exception of Jackson, probably the best performance in the movie. So giving it to Mr. DeTuro. Yeah. 100%. That's great. How about you, Lauren? I was going to say John Turturro as well. He is the only reason I kept going with Jungle <laughs> Fever. I needed to know how it turned out for him. Um, I hope it's uh, I don't know gonna, if I know. I'm going to pull down my Blu-ray. It actually says three and a half stars from Roger Ebert. Three and a half stars, Roger Ebert. John Turturro, the only reason I kept watching this movie. Lauren Sharp, you're a, you're a tagline on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Amazing. I was one year old. <laughs> <laughs> this baby loves movies. <laughs> <laughs> this baby loves John Turturro. Sadly, sadly, my and baby, my baby has an seen Jungle Fever. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, so many egg creams. That one. So that many one, egg creams. That one guy who eats like five. Like that sounds so bad. I feel I so like, ill. It's well, the name of, we talked about it last time. The name egg cream that does not sound appetizing to me no, at no, all. Like, it could be it could, it, somebody could say it's actually coca-cola but yeah, I, don't, I, think, I don't buy it i think there's a reason you don't like hear it too often anymore there it's definitely on its way out. Well, in, thing, in, it's in like, 1992 they renamed it pepperoni pizza and everything was much better cheese and no one will get the chucky e. cheese egg creams yeah we gotta think of something chuck what are we doing that's a nice. It's good that they took the pizza, the, the the egg cream out of the glass too, and put it on a plate. It was really. I mean, have you ever tried eating pizza out of a cup? It's tough. It's tough. Terrible. It's tough. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't work out. Burns you. Burns the roof of your. Burns the hell out of the roof of your mouth. Right? Yeah. It's not great. Um. So two for John Totoro. Yeah. I'm gonna Ooh. go. Um. Bruce Payne. Charles Rain. All right. So All right. Pain in the membrane. Who knows if this is the last time we'll ever see Bruce Payne. I don't know. Um, but he's he's terrific in it. He's a wonderful, like, mustache twirling bad guy. It's kind of one note, but at the same time, who cares? It's a yeah. note I want to hear. I did want to find out exactly what his, what his, I, I thought maybe in that scene where he and uh, Cutter are in the office together before he, they get back on the plane, I thought maybe there would be some monologue where he says, are you tired of like being othered? You know, you're like, you're always written off. I can help you. I will like take you for your skills and like, I'll actually appreciate you or whatever. Nice. I thought there would be something, nothing, nothing. None Do you of that think um, Chris Nolan saw that scene when he was writing the Joker, Batman 
interrogation in the dark night and was like oh i think that's good inspiration for what yeah i, I could have i here's how i would punch my, this up my, my 200 million dollar batman epic i think i can take a take a beat or two from passenger 57 <laughs> hell yeah yeah because nolan is a huge um mcgruber fan as covered on the show before wow so you know he he takes from a variety of influences um they should have john cutter fight mcgruber I think that Snipes is really a top tier option for season two of MacGruber as a villain or like partner to MacGruber. I think he'd have a lot of fun. Yeah, and, I haven't watched any of MacGruber. But I'm gonna put that into the um, put that into the ether. Yeah, it's okay. it's it's good. It's good. MacGruber's good. It's funny. It it's very funny. If if you, it's it welcomes absolutely no one who never found him. This is not going to be the time. Like, I find this funny now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought that I definitely thought the sketch was funny. I just like it was one of those things the movie came out and I was like, well, I don't love it that much. So I didn't see the movie. And then I heard the movie wasn't good. So I didn't bother to see the movie. And now there's a TV show that people are saying is good. I got to check it out. The movie. I base all of my decisions based on what other people tell me to do. Um, the, The movie's great. I saw it the day it came out in the theater. I'm proud that I was one of the five people who saw it. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> we were, we loved every second of it. And I think it's so funny. It's so good. So that was the MacGruber sidebar. Let's uh, move into the the vote here. I mean, geez, two tough competitors made it this far in the contest. Would have been interesting to make Lauren sit through one night stand though. I was thinking about that. Yeah, that, if you think Jungle Fever is crazy. <laughs> it's a fascinating movie. There's another one movie night, called The movie Defeated, One Night Stand, is quite quite an affair. An affair. Yeah. Literally. Literally, literally, literally an affair. An affair. Yeah. Jungle Fever was an affair. Well, that, like, it was part of Wesley Snipes stepping out week yeah. on the show. You like, if, you, if you like movies where a uh, dog is uh, sniffing a character's crotch uh, as an allusion to infidelity for like three minutes. And the dog just won't get off his crotch. <laughs> and the, his kids are concerned. Yeah, his kids are know, uh, You know, they, the ladies that wrote that song, Smell Yo Dick, probably watched that and were inspired. One, They're like, thousand something's percent. going on yeah. and I smell your dick. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they saw that scene in One Night Stand. They're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why there's. Movie. That's why in the, the the full version of that song, there's a just a verse about a uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, harrowing performance. Yeah, his, yeah, they, yeah. Speaking of another movie with like a harrowing <laughs> subplot that doesn't have a lot to do with the movie, but yeah, we're the, Robert we're, Downey dying of AIDS the entire the, movie. Does Robert Downey Jr. ever sing a song about being a heroin addict? I'm a heroin addict. No, no song, no songs. He's just he's. It's a one. It's actually a tremendous performance. It's really, he's really actually good. genuinely good <laughs> like, in it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's so it's weird. Stunning. It's a stunning. Yeah, it's a it's it's a weird, completely, utterly insane movie that we Patrick and I just seem to want to spread the word on. <laughs> that Run, this, don't this wild curio one night stand. <laughs> okay, are, are we stalling because we just can't decide here? here. I don't know, um, Patrick. Uh, I'll go first. Doffing the first cap. The first cap. Number number one on your head right now. Yep. Doffing the first cap. Okay. I got a. Okay. Jungle Fever. Passenger 57. Okay. See, you know, I think you can make the argument, right, that Jungle Fever gives Snipes more to do on one hand. Like, it gets to be like a more. Not that the character's well written, perhaps, but it's at least a little more fully realized 
He gets to like, you know, it's more dramatic ups and downs. Yeah. He gets to have some moments. Um, but then, you know, the thing too, is he does like occasionally like flub it a little bit like the, and it's, you know, so I don't think a lot of it is his fault. I think like that ending scene is kind of like the way it was filmed. It's kind of impossible to make that scene work. I feel in my opinion, like, it's just like, <laughs> But no, like, I don't know how you can do that in a way that would like be like, ah, yes, satisfying. Um, <laughs> I'm satisfied. Uh, <laughs> That's what I said after the movie. Yeah. Mm, yes. Very good. Um, but uh, Passenger 57, uh, very one note. Um, a lot of fun. It's like a great, stupid, you know, and it's like it knows what it is and it just does it. Like, I like that about it. And um, and Snipes is charming. Uh, and, uh, you also get, like, to see him, like, really, like, do, I think this is, like, the best movie that demonstrates, out of all the movies on our bracket, it's probably the best one with the exception of Blade, maybe, yeah, where I you get to see it. him, I think I, my take is I even think it's better with, like, the combat and stuff than Blade, like, I think it actually has better, I think it's more, I don't think it's, like, mm, more entertaining, necessarily, but I think that, like, Snipes, like, Snipes truly gets just to beat up on dudes in a way that's really fun in this movie, um, with no pathos or anything, he's just badass. Yeah, the, that's the problem, though. Yeah, it's like it's very much like, do I want like a or yeah, or it isn't. Yeah, that's the thing too. Maybe that's all you need. You know, it's it's like, do you want like a burger from In and Out, like a good burger from In and Out, or do you want like a crazy, fancy experimental meal where like half of it's gonna taste like poop? That's kind of like the, <laughs> that's kind of like the you know, and like in the parts that don't taste like poop are really some of them sing. You know the non-poop parts sing, and so it's a tough. It's tough. So like, uh... that's our. That's definitely a t-shirt. By the way, <laughs> yeah. the non-poop parts sing. <laughs> so, oh uh, man, it's it's tough. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give it to, and look, quality aside, I'm giving it a jungle. I'm giving it a jungle fever. I'm giving it a jungle fever. Because <laughs> like the non-poop parts sing. There's some parts that say like I like. There's moments I genuinely like. Well, I mean, I can the see non-poop it fa- parts sing. I can see it on your face, Patrick. I mean, you've got like, looks like you've got some like, like some really good like sashimi. Yeah, I got like, like a- hanging off of one side of your mouth right now. But you've also got some shit hanging off the other side <laughs> yeah, of your I, mouth. I, I, you can get side between the two. You have to eat some shit sometimes. It happens. That's cinema, baby. If you, yeah, you, you yeah, have to eat some sure. shit to make a sandwich. What? Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that. That dude, who taught you that? I don't know. <laughs> what kind of sandwiches? Have I yeah, made? God, no. Oh God, that's gross. Daniel, um, you want to make an omelet? No, this Daniel. Is you Dan- make another an Daniel screw up. <laughs> Daniel's if you want to make an omelet, you're gonna have to take a few shits. Yeah. Oh no, Lord. That's, that's the omelet work. Lord, that's, no. That's true. <laughs> I, believe a, I believe Julia Child said that. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make an omelet, I can't do her voice as well as Patrick. <laughs> that's the role I was born to. Play. My Julia Child and my <laughs> Margaret Thatcher are exactly the same. I miss oh. that now. <laughs> oh, that's the same. Even worse. Oh, it's a wonderful combo there. Um, yeah, Jungle Fever is a wild movie. There's a lot happening. I admire big swings in movies, mm-hmm. even if they don't work. I like them more than like really competent movies that I find boring because mm-hmm. they're just kind of like clean and easy. I'm more entertained in general by weird choices that I don't see coming and sometimes that are not even successful. I'm going to be quick here. Um, I really, really really like cheeseburgers 
I think he's wonderful in this. I think he's doing, it doesn't matter that he has, it's not as like modulated and more going on. What the one guy he's doing is so fun and exciting. And there's a reason he's a fucking star after yeah. this movie. So Lauren, up to you, your deciding vote. Holy, I feel like this is how it was uh, back with <laughs> Sophie's Choice. Oh yeah. Uh, I will say in a way, Patrick, I agree with you that, that sometimes the, what was it? Sometimes the poop, <laughs> like you gotta eat some poop to, to eat the olives. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, every, every moment of jungle, every moment, every beat of jungle yeah. fever, I would label poop. I would label as shit. Oh no. I would label oh, no. as shit. Every, like, so every character was a racist. Yeah. Every single one was, oh, yeah. was somehow racist. Like even like when, when Flip said, no, 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 we are not having mixed babies. That is not happening. I was like, could you calm down on the aggression <laughs> just a little bit? You guys barely know each other and you have an apartment together? Oh, okay, but the, ba- the, the but the caramel colored babies are what you're worried about. Ex- sure. Expensive Greenwich Village apartment too. Yeah. Oh, imagine, oh, oh. Imagine. the caramel colored babies are what you're worried about in spite of the fact that your wife or maybe soon to be ex-wife is a caramel colored uh, woman. Oh, mulatto yeah. or whatever they call them. I don't, I don't want to think, I don't think Flip is thinking through his decision-making. Everyone is a terrible person and only yeah. half the people on um, Passenger 57 are terrible people. That is not my only reason for this but uh i don't know i yeah i it for my vote goes to passenger 57 that's totally uh, fair that's if totally i had fair. to watch a, one of these two movies again it would be that one for gems like charles rain is not insane <laughs> halfway through halfway through the movie after seeing a lightly delicately handcuffed in a nice suit hijacker escorted politely uh, onto a plane and also given the option to get a steak or a chicken uh the the line you'd think they'd put an airline hijacker a hijacker on a bus or a plane i love it so much um there was another line i wrote down this is just a silly goofy thing but i was like (laughs) when he makes his final announcement to the passengers on the plane he's like and also you don't have to wear your seatbelt. And he says it with a nice smile. I'm just like, who is this guy? What is his motivation? I don't know. I don't care. But at least I have someone to root for. And in this case, it happens to be the protagonist, which you would think most movies would want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. So Passenger 57 has my vote. Awesome. Passenger 57 moves Ooh. on to the final four. four awesome. eight. That means I no longer have to ship the DVD to, to people's houses. Yes. Glad and, I can save you the trip. And mine can go get alphabetized back on my shelf. Okay. Um, for probably eons. I don't know. They'll <laughs> yeah. find it. They'll find it in Mad Max times. Um, <laughs> goes on to play New Jack City in a very entertaining contest in a few weeks from now. So mm-hmm. that's the final four. We've that's- got White Men Can't Jump, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, New Jack City, and Passenger 57. Wow. Good movies. Yeah. This is I like all a- of them. I like fun. all these movies. This is the funnest bracket. This is the first time uh, where none of the movies going in are going to feel like are you trying to say you didn't have fun watching sophie's choice four times yeah what the hell 
Come on, Patrick. Yeah, I'm sorry. Know. I'm a big Sophie head. I love damn hoot. She, yeah, like I'm always hooting. I'm like, make the choice. Yeah. No, I'm not hooting for that. Wouldn't part. it be funny <laughs> if like know. another door opens and Stingo comes in with all of his spam, dragging yeah. it around, and then all of a sudden he gets just drop kicked by Smacks. <laughs> and the cans fly up comically all over the place. I'm just a poor southern boy. Uh, oh no. What if Stingo, after all that happened, became very hardened and became Whistler? Mm. Think about that. Wrap your head around that. The shared shared Sophie's choice blade universe. Mm, I like that. I like that's, the shared that's why I'm a Daniel. Yes. Let up with all sorts wow. of crazy wacky ideas. Yes. yes. It's like you have, uh, spoiler alert, it's like you have uh, Raticuni on your head. Well, I've got like, okay, so yeah, I take off my hat and I've got a mouse who cooks food. <laughs> but then, uh, wait a second, who's that? It's um, it's Ryan Reynolds from uh, Free Guy. There's, there's, a, there's a multiverse. There's oh, something. No. Oh, man. I'm I, coming. At, <laughs> I don't like that. Put that idea back in your pocket, sir. I fired. Pockets, have you guys seen the the Daniels film or it was like a short film pockets? Cause that was like, I think that was like their first, I think that was the first time I ever was aware of them. I, I think it was, I was at a film festival where they were at and it's just, it's called pockets. Look it up after this at listeners too. It's so great. It's, it's just, it's about a man who discovers a hole in his pocket. And that's as much as I'm going to say. I will say my favorite Daniels thing, uh, liked everything everywhere. That was a great movie, a uh, four star from this guy. Uh, but uh, I, Swiss. I will, I will always, uh, I will always love um, his, ba- his battles music video. Have you ever seen the music? It's like, have you ever seen that music video? The one where it's just like a, uh, it's just a, uh, uh, what are they called? Escalator. It's just an escalator. A guy falling down an escalator for three minutes. Uh, that sounds you're... funny. I haven't, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's good. It you want to watch a music video of just a guy falling down an escalator and an up escalator. So he's just like stuck. It's like a perpetual motion. It's very good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, speaking of escalators, we should get to this week's game. Yeah, let's escalate. <laughs> That's, you know, I'm Mr. Transition on the show. So, you know, it's people, people, you know, come up to me on the street. Um, this week's game is a doozy. It, it, I mean, talk about questions of the multiverse and personality and everything in between. Mm. It's called Passenger 57 and 58. You have, you're completing a dream. You're taking a vacation to Australia. You're going to see where they filmed Lord of the Rings. Mm. That's New Zealand, you idiot. (laughs) No. Oh, no, I screwed up. Uh, I have to go. The dream dream hasn't been busted. It's okay. I've been duped into a trip to Australia because I thought that was where they filmed. Well, no, and we have not gotten to that part of the story yet. So in this moment, everything is really exciting. Oh, yeah. Fun for you. Um. It's a long flight, LA. Mm-hmm. We're we're all we're all living in Holly weird. So mm-hmm. we're going, we're flying out of LA all the way to Sydney, Australia. Long flight. You know, there's a lot of good movies on the flight, a lot of op- options for some drinks, some snacks. Um, and you've um you're in like first class too. Oh, the, the dream. The dream, right? Wow, the there's room 58 for seats in first class. That's amazing. This is a huge, huge <laughs> plane. It's, like, it's yeah. not safe. It hasn't quite 
passed all the tests, but you're willing to risk it because it's a cool, huge. Plot. Yeah, I haven't deleted Ted Lasso yet. There's um, <laughs> there's a there's a swimming pool on board, but you might never have a chance to take a swim because you sit down, you got your hot towel, you're getting all settled in. What am I gonna watch? An old episode of Big Bang Theory? I don't know. You look to your left in seat 57, and guess who takes a seat? Wesley Snipes himself. Whoa, 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 what? All the way to Australia in the same seat as you and he's not doing any of that celebrity stuff showing up with sunglasses or like averting his eyes he seems approachable what seems like hell? what the hell jesus we're gonna be here for what 18 hours or something so like long. that hell long i gotta say something to this guy I mean, that would be really impolite so how do you all <laughs> break the ice with passenger 57 himself wesley snipes and uh, side question, what time over the course of this 18 <laughs> hours do you do it? <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, what time what is it? What time is it? What do you uh, care? You got somewhere to be? <laughs> yeah, he elbows me in the face and knocks me out the rest of the my friend. And then he does that line from uh, my friend. He's dead tired. Um, Patrick, so do you want to start things off? Hmm. Man, I will. I, you know, it probably takes me two hours to build up like the courage, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like Wesley Snipes, big guy. Uh, you know, I'm gonna start off, I'm gonna be jovial, and I'm going to say, Yeah, I'm going to see where Bilbo lives. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, crickets. I'm gonna <laughs> crickets. Okay, so he doesn't respond to that. Uh, another, I got to two hours. <laughs> another, okay, another two hours. He hasn't responded to that. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna go. Bilbo Baggins uh, is a character in Lord. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I can't do that. Can't do that. So I say the Bilbo thing. It doesn't work. I'm like stewing in my own like nervousness. So two hours in after I say the Bilbo thing, uh, I go, hey, I'm sorry, man. You know, I'm just nervous. I really like hobbits in the world of Bilbo. Uh, <laughs> you know, what are you, what, what are you watching? What is that? I bet it's great. <laughs> That's how I do it. <laughs> and then uh, I just I hope he responds. And if he doesn't, then I'm just gonna sh- I'm gonna be quiet for the rest of the rest. Of the An flight. awkward 14 hours follows. Yeah, I'm gonna put on my headphones and watch, uh, you know, 28 episodes of Pawn Stars or whatever's on the plane. Um, mine. I would be right after we got our drinks. I would order huh? like a um. Uh, gin and tonic or vodka soda or something like that and hmm. shoot it back that's Lit- not bad little liquid courage very cool to get go- yeah i know so and then yeah he's gonna find it's pretty cool yeah what's like, the nice like, like, like a cool party guy you know kind of <laughs> nice oh, he's enamored yeah, yeah whoa did i get like sat next to the party guy on the plane that's kind of cool <laughs> uh, cool guy <laughs> yeah, this guy's really cool i don't know <laughs> who's this cool guy this guy's really cool <laughs> and then i just like lean over and go um um what's the timeline for changing your name a second time because oh, i no. <laughs> screwed up 
Oh no, you're Daniel in this universe. No, it's Daniel's <laughs> universe, Don. <laughs> and he'd be like, and I, and I assume he's got like a wealth of knowledge because you know he's lived quite an exciting life. Yeah. And he'd give me the information, and I'd be like, "Thanks, man." And we'd clink glasses, and then just turn and have a, you know, nice fight because I leave him alone. You're a good guy. You thought I was the party guy, but I'm actually like a cool, chill kind of like I am cool with celebrities kind of guy. Hell yeah. And then I would immediately apply for the name change based on his wisdom. To to Wesley, you would change your name to Wesley Snipes? Shit. Fucked up again. No. no. Wesley. (laughs) Not even Saunderson anymore. Yes. Keep screwing this up. Keep screwing this up. Oh, oh no. I mean, Wesley, no. <laughs> Not Daniel. Oh, Daniels a... will never accept you now. Yeah, I know. Coming in, I'm like, I can direct the movie with you guys. I'm Wesley Snipes. What? <laughs> I'm Wesley Snipes. You don't understand. You don't understand. I had this plan. It's screwed up now. Oh, no. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! (laughs) And my pie fell on my head. Oh no! I know. I like immediately slip on a banana peel. All sorts of like I care. I'm carrying like 17 hat boxes, and they all fly up at the. (laughs) That was my luggage to Australia. Um, Lauren, how do you introduce yourself to Wesley Snipes on this long flight? Okay. So it's a long flight, and I'm assuming if I could afford first class, I can afford to pick a window seat. So I'm in the window. Okay. So the first thing I do, which is what I do anytime in the window, is I politely uh, ask, like, hey, uh, I, I need to run to the bathroom, but for what it's worth, I think it'll be the only time I need to bug you this whole flight. Mm-hmm. And he says, and he's like, yeah, no, no problem, whatever. Like a normal person thing to say. Yeah. So I go, I go to the bathroom, I come back. We're adjusting. We're just we're just situating ourselves in our seats. Yeah. And then I just look at him and I say, "So what do you do?" Oh, yeah, you going yeah. in? Yeah. Ah. And so this is actually kind of like normally what I would do. What I like to do any anytime I am starstruck, I just I'm like, oh, they'll probably feel it's probably a relief sometimes when they meet someone who who is at least able to seemingly genuinely not know who they are or what they do. Um, I met Bill Pullman last week. Sorry, that is just random. I met Bill Pullman last week. And I basically started to kind of do that. And it was only because someone else in the circle was like, dude, I watch Independence Day every single 4th of July. And I was like, wow, that's really original. That I then was like, oh yeah. And and I know that movie. (laughs) Speaking, Speaking of cool guys. Um, but, but no, that is honestly, that has been my go-to for how to act around a famous person that, that you, that you do have the opportunity to talk to. Cause normally I'll, like, if I see someone really cool at a restaurant, I'm not going to bug oh, them. Oh yeah. I we're just all, we're LA people. Person. But if, if I was, oh, no, I, I grab a chair and I like pull it up. I'm like, Jessica Chastain, oh, yeah. let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> my, Jessica Chastain. That's my name too. Yeah. <laughs> Fifth name. I'm a 40-year-old well, dude. I'm Jessica Chastain. <laughs> Love you and Jolene. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I think it's just, it's simple, it's easy, and, and it gets a reaction. Even if even if they're like, are you joking? And if they ask, are you joking? I'll be like, yes. 
but uh but but then I'll ask if I was convincing and hopefully I am but I'll just be like yeah so what do you do I love especially to do it on set if I'm ever on set with like a famous person I'll be like so what's your what's your whole thing here are you crafty (laughs) Uh, breaking the ice Uh, so I think we have um the results of these conversation is uh one lifelong friendship Mm-hmm. and two restraining orders yeah i think is uh, how all that went yep but the uh, sadness is you, with you landed and you land and wesley does have one last thing to say to you patrick and it's oh no they film lord of the rings in new zealand dumbass <laughs> and he gets up and no! walks <laughs> i i commit seven and then, and right then, there no 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 then it's just no yep. he's yeah. that jungle fever yeah. he's that jungle fever Yep. Man, you know what? I thought I was envious of Stevie Wonder before, but he, uh, you can at least say, is someone who hasn't seen Jungle Fever. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the rubber. Oh, man. Mamma mia. Oh, no. Oh, a spicy no. meatball. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a spicy one. Uh, very good. <laughs> very well crafted, but very spicy. Very spice. Very You're spice. Welcome. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us this week on journey through Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. air travel, and so forth. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug on the way out? Uh, yes. When will this be out? Uh, this uh, this Wednesday or Tuesday. This yeah. Tuesday. Oh, okay. Soon. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, the, 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 looking, at a, looking at a calendar. Uh, on May 15th at the Pack Theater at 9 p.m., you can see my sketch team, Hot City, put on a real fun, cool show uh so you can check us out there Ooh. and then other than that you can follow me on the socials at ll cool sharf and yeah. uh and and also i'll be around uh la fringe so look up some fun comedy sketch shows you might see a friendly voice oh follow <laughs> lauren on tiktok yeah. it's her tiktok is great yeah follow it my tiktok is probably my strongest suit these days i i can really just i can put all the what did what did Patrick call? I, why, why do I keep forgetting what an amazing quote that was? The poops. Oh, uh, the, the, there's Gotta poops, eat. but then the, the parts that don't poop sing. The parts that don't poop sing. Yeah, that's my TikTok. Boy, <laughs> it makes you think. Yeah, yeah, and it leaves yeah. us with you know a lot of a lot to think about when we take off on this show this week. And I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna go take a stroll though around the corner mm. and just you know take a walk, think about what happened. I'm oh like. Happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I'm going I'm to take a, I'm a, a Twitter message, Wesley Snipes, and ask him if he wants to come with me to the Shire. Yeah. See trip together. See if that Hobbiton. happens. I mean. Text, text random numbers until you get Wesley Snipes. Like, it has to happen eventually. But then you text me, and it's just like, yeah, I'm Wesley Snipes, but not the one you're looking for. Wasn't that a, a 30 Rock joke? There was like a character name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're <laughs> yeah, they were better than us. So sorry. Uh, uh, wipe it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> No! No! No!